Good morning, church, and welcome to our service here on Christmas Day. A very Merry Christmas to you all, and may you all know the presence of God with you this Christmas in spite of everything. We're going to start our service by lighting the Advent candles. So we light the first candle to remember the patriarchs, the forefathers of our faith, to whom we are grafted in and to whom God said that we can receive the blessings that and the covenant that he promised to them. We light the second candle for the prophets, the ones who foretold the future of the coming Messiah and of all that is to come in the future. We light the third candle for John the Baptist. After 400 years, when God was silent, he came as the forerunner to Jesus Christ. We light the fourth candle for Mary. An angel visited Mary and told her that she would bear the Messiah. And now we have a reading before we light the fifth candle for the light of Christ, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus. And we light this fifth candle for Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Let us stand to sing our first carols once in Royal David City. Heavenly Father, we thank you that today we can stand here and praise you for the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem on that day. We thank you that you came to be Emmanuel. God is with us. We thank you that he came to show us how to live and to bring us hope and joy and peace. We thank you for the life that he lived, the death that he died and being raised to life, he conquered death, hell and the grave and sent us his Holy Spirit that we can stand here today in your presence knowing the greatest gift of all time to the world. Let us pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. As you will know, we did send some Christmas gifts out from CKBC and one of those gifts went to Kids Club Kampala in Uganda. In return, they have sent a video of all the children and the workers there saying thank you to us. So let us join with them with our prayers of thanks. We thank you, Father, for your gift of Jesus. We thank you 
for our country, for our freedoms. We thank you for the NHS and the police and our security service, for our ambulance drivers and our firefighters and for all those, including those who have worked in the supermarkets and kept businesses running. We give you thanks and praise. But we thank you also that we've been able to bless other organisations and charities. And we thank you for this response that we've had from Uganda. In Jesus' name, Amen. This Christmas, our world has experienced a lot of inconvenience due to COVID. Plans have been cancelled, food has been ordered that can not now be used, people have been locked down, unable to celebrate Christmas in the normal way. Very inconvenient. So imagine how Mary and Joseph must have felt when they were told they had to go to register in the place of their birth. Mary was heavily pregnant and would have to walk for many days to get from Nazareth to the northern part of Israel to Bethlehem in the south. She was heavily pregnant. Imagine having to walk all that way when your time is due. All of their plans were scuppered. They'd made plans for the birth, probably. They were already expecting. And then life breaks in. The trip they would have taken would have taken them up and down hills to the edge of the Judean desert. It was most inconvenient. As they made this long and difficult journey, Maybe they wondered, how is God going to take care of them so far from home? Did they know that this unexpected and difficult journey, just when Mary was about to have a baby, was precisely where God wanted them? Well, God knew exactly how he would take care of them, because God himself had planned every bit of this story. When Caesar Augustus ordered everyone to be registered for a census, Joseph and Mary had to go back to the village of their ancestors to be counted. And where were their ancestors from? From Bethlehem. In Micah 5, 2, the prophet foretold that the Messiah would come from the small and seemingly insignificant town of Bethlehem. They were doing exactly what God had planned. Bethlehem hadn't always been so small and insignificant. Great King David, the great grandson of Boaz and Ruth, was born and raised there. Bethlehem eventually came to be called the city of David as the symbol of his great dynasty. It grew into an important and strategic and fortified city under King Rehoboam. But by the time of Christ's birth, Bethlehem had declined in significance to a small village. But like the old prophet Micah had foretold 700 years earlier, things were working out exactly 
as he had planned. God was, after all, God over the unexpected. Bethlehem was significant too in the Hebrew. In the Hebrew, bet means house and lehem means bread. And Jesus, who told us that he was the bread of life, was to be born in a place literally called house of bread. The people weren't expecting their Messiah to come as a baby. They were hoping for someone who would overthrow the Roman occupation. But God's plan was very different. He was, after all, God over the unexpected. But still, Jesus would, in his own way, turn the world upside down with a radical new way of life that called us to love God, love each other, and love our enemies. He gave value to every life. Everyone was special to God. And after his death and resurrection, it would be possible for every person, no matter how high or low, rich or poor, black or white, to be restored back to God. To be able to have our own personal relationship with the God who created us and who knows every part of us. Even though life can be interrupted by circumstances we don't expect, even though we can find ourselves in the middle of hard situations we didn't choose, situations where we often worry and question how God is going to take care of us, we can take heart from the scripture. Psalm 34, 19 says, a righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers them from them all. God said, or Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but I have overcome the world. Our personal unexpected circumstances never surprise God. He is God over them all. He is also God over the unexpected circumstances and troubles of the whole world. Events of 2020 have caused us to be pessimistic about the future. The media is full of bad reports, doom and gloom. We're expecting things to get worse because of the pandemic. We've lost trust in governments and as Christians, it is often easier to develop a mentality of let's just hold on and pray that Jesus rescues us. It's true that the scriptures do speak of some frightening events, but they also give us great encouragement because God is over the unexpected. The Bible teaches that Jesus is coming back for a glorious church, Ephesians 5.27. There is no mention of a fearful, cowering church. He tells us that as the times get darker, the, the church will shine brighter. And Isaiah 9, 6 to 7 says his government will never stop increasing. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overpower it. He is already seated at the right hand of the Father. He is already reigning as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he is waiting for us to make our enemies footstools. The church now has to rise up 
and to stop cowering under the enemy and become that light that shines in the darkest of times. To do that, we re need to recognise the weapons of the enemy. The enemy who comes to steal, kill and destroy, who bombards us with negative, pessimistic news that wants to keep us depressed and fearful. But from the time that Jesus came, a lot of things have been improving. Today, even though there is poverty and lots of violence, even though there is a pandemic, even though there are many things in the world which cause us to be fearful and depressed, we need to recognise where we have come from since Jesus' time. Dr Steven Pinker was a, is a Pulitzer Prize winning author and a Harvard psychology professor. And he wrote, today we may be living in the most peaceful era in our species existence. Although there is still poverty in our world, in 1820, between 84 and 90% of the world lived in poverty. By 2013, nearly 1 billion people had been taken out of poverty. People are living longer and healthier lives. Child mortality rates have dived and many diseases have been eradicated. Even in this latest pandemic, a vaccine has pre been produced in record time and is already being rolled out. The kingdom of God is increasing and marching on. There is still much to be done, but we have come a long way. The doomsters tell us that the church is in decline, that it's not relevant anymore. But the church has been experiencing explosive growth in Africa, Asia, Latin America, the Middle East and China. In 1900, there were approximately 9 million Christians in Africa. Today, there are 475 million. Today, it is predicted that by 2030, the population of China's Christian population will exceed 247 million. We may be traveling a different road than Mary and Joseph did, but we have the same God. He is the God over the unexpected, and he is building his kingdom here on earth. And we are exactly where he wants us to be, both in our personal lives and in world events. It may seem that Christmas has been thwarted. It may seem that we will not be having the parties that we thought we'd be having. But in the stillness, in the quietness, God is still God. Jesus is still our saviour. And he is at work in the quiet things as well as in the powerful, noisy things. Helen Keller was a famous educator. She died in 1968. As a child, she contracted scarlet fever and as a result, went blind and deaf. She said this, I always believed in God, but I never knew his name. She was not expecting how he was going to change her life. 
Her life was changed by corresponding with a man called Philip Brooks. Philip Brooks was a burned out preacher who went to the Holy Land to find refreshment. It was there that he started to write a poem that started, O Little Town of Bethlehem. The third verse of this carol says this, how silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. Helen Keller received Christ into her life through the letters of Philip Brooks, and this verse of his carol impacted her and changed her life. So this Christmas, as we live through this pandemic, as we live with great inconvenience, may we each encounter our Saviour in this quiet and wondrous way. Helen Keller said this, Listen to your inner voice and find your purpose. She said, the best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen nor even touched, but just felt in the heart. Let our faith be strengthened so that a shattered world shall emerge into the light. Let us stand and sing the carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem. We thank you, God, for sending your beloved son, Jesus, to be born in Bethlehem, just as you foretold. We also thank you that our hearts, too, can become his birthplace. We pray in Jesus' name that in the quietness and the stillness of Christmas, we will know you in our hearts as we open the door to let you in. In Jesus' name, amen. And so may you be blessed this Christmas. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. Amen. <laughs>